Alright, welcome to Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast, following me and my homie over here down the path to game devdom. I'm Rhett. Hey guys, I'm Taylor. <laughs> Boom. Welcome back this week, Taylor. It's good to it's good to talk to you, buddy. It's good hey. talking to you too. Hey, hey what? Happy anniversary, bro. Oh, happy thanks. anniversary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was yesterday, but still. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. Last yesterday was my uh my three uh three year wedding anniversary. Uh, it was pretty low key. We just hung out, played some games, whatever. At one point, I was on Rock Zom stream, which felt a little weird, but <laughs> uh, that's kind of how <laughs> that's kind of how we roll. We're just low key. It was funny too because I feel like uh, most people are, you know, they they celebrate like Valentine's Day. They go all out on Valentine's Day. Same with like their anniversary and stuff and. I don't know. We're just not very into like holidays or anything like that. We we like to kind of treat every day as if it's the same. Um, like I really don't like my birthday. Like I don't like getting that extra attention. But uh, yeah. so it's funny. Like uh, yesterday, I mean, we've both had like a pretty busy week. And yesterday, it's in the morning, like seven something, as we're getting ready uh, for work. And uh, Allie is like, "Hey." today's our anniversary <laughs> and i was like oh yeah <laughs> she's like yep all right <laughs> like carry on <laughs> uh yeah and yesterday our cat our foster cat walter uh got neutered so it's like just all kind of things not related to our anniversary going on so huh. anyways nothing wrong with that man life goes on like regardless yeah so. I'm the same way. Like I hate holidays. Bailey loves holidays, so it gets a little. It it can get a little uh, conflicted in our house sometimes. <laughs> but as far as like, I would be happy if like anything like seasonal or like holiday related just like never crossed my path. Ever. Yeah, dude, I feel you. I like being on just like a consistent schedule. Yeah, uh, and holidays fuck it up, dude. Totally. Yeah. And I don't know, there's just all kinds of obligations. Yeah, and I feel like I get my footing under me and, like, recover from, like, a long holiday weekend or something. Yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm back. And then there's another holiday. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me right now? (laughs) Yeah, well, like, the end of the year, like, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Thanksgiving followed by Christmas followed by New Year's. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'm just going to sacrifice all my free time for the next, like, month and a half. Yeah. I don't know. It, it can get irritating. See, and I don't know. People, people never understand. For me, it was always just because, like, the holidays were, like, always tedious, like, having to go between, like, two families and shit all the time. Yeah. Um, and now that I'm married, it's like, I've got, like, three motherfucking <laughs> families to go between, and it's even worse. Uh, but, like, oh, my God. It would be like I would do something to sell, like to mark the holiday like carving pumpkins or dying easter eggs these are the two examples i always use right <clears throat> or even decorating the christmas tree there's another good one that's yeah. just like excruciatingly painful to me well now um, you don't you don't just do it once you do it three times oh yeah <laughs> cuz everybody wants to like 
well, we need Rhett there. I'm yeah. like, you don't. And yeah. I feel bad because like Bailey every year wants to get a Christmas tree, and I'm just like, no, nah, we don't. If you want to get a Christmas tree, like go ahead, but I'm not decorating, and I'm really sorry, but I'm I have to put my foot down on this. Like I just don't care. <laughs> yeah, and, I don't in either. Fact, ac- actually, it's worse than I don't care. I do care about not doing it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we fi- we feel the exact same way. Like we're never gonna buy any kind of decorations because, well, I mean, you use them for one time a year and then you have to store them and most of the time they're just like cheap crap that really like would it bring that much joy to you to me it seems like it would just like clutter my life uh yeah and it just seems like a waste of money for some tradition that like i don't really even care about yep I agree. <laughs> but see, I was going to say earlier about pumpkins. So uh, this is a great story. I, I'll, I'll happily share this to embarrass my family. <laughs> so, you know, I was a kid, obviously, carved pumpkins at my dad's house. Then I got to go to my mom's house, carve pumpkins over there. Well, um, it was me and my two other brothers, Jordan and Jason, and my mom. And she bought a shit ton of pumpkins to have carved. Well, A... It's my freaking weekend, like, off school. Like, I don't want to have to do that much shit. And I, I was a little shitty kid about this sometimes. Like, you know, it's like, I just wanted to play video games, or I just wanted to read books, or I just wanted to watch movies. Like, I didn't want to have to, like, I don't know, you know, take time doing that shit. And yeah. and plus, I had probably already carved pumpkins. Like, I guarantee you I probably did. Anyways. So, I decide, like, okay, just like most things in my life, I just decided to buck down it's like, all right, I'll I'll just get one pumpkin carved and I'll be done, right? It's like when when people want to take family pictures and, you know, it used to be like the response was to bitch about it. But then you grow up and you go, okay, fine. Like, just get the fucking pictures out of the way so we can get done already. <laughs> so the, the, you know, pumpkin gets carved. I actually tried. I like scooped the, all the fucking guts out of this thing, which is like I fucking hate doing. I carved a <laughs> bullshit face into it. And boom, I'm done. I'm like, all right, great. Like, where do you want this, mom? And she takes it, sets it aside, and she goes, all right, like, time to carve another one. (laughs) And I'm like, no, like, I just don't, I don't really want to do that. Well, you need to, you need to carve the pumpkins. Like, otherwise, these pumpkins are going to go to waste. I'm like, "I, I just don't want to do this. Like, why do I have to do this? Oh, well you know, what am I supposed to do with these pumpkins? Blah, 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 blah. And even, I think Jason and Jordan were in the same boat. They're like, yeah, we're done. <laughs> like you can carve them if you want them. And, uh, and anyway, uh, my mom was uh, sick when I was growing up. And so the excuse was always, not that it's necessarily an excuse, but it, it was always, well, this could be my last holiday, you know? Oh man. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, fine. You don't want to carve any pumpkins? Fine. Fucking don't carve any pumpkins anymore. And she picks up a pumpkin. And she throws it, and it goes through the wall. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, wow. and that hole was never repaired, and was there when my mom moved out of that house. <laughs> oh, dude. So yeah, there's your experience with tradition. Yeah, which is exactly why I hate the holidays. And that's just one holiday. Now, uh, add all the other ones, dude. We had to dye Easter eggs. We had to decorate the mother effing tree. We had to, you know, God, I just, I get PTSD thinking about it, dude. Like, (laughs) Uh, anyways. Yeah. I think maybe, like, 
when we start introducing kids to the family, it might be more fun. But well, yeah, that's know. way different, though. Yeah. Like, see, and that's the thing. Like, I don't like theme parks, but going to Disneyland with my nieces and nephews is a way different experience than going by myself. Yeah. You know? For real. Like, it's so fun to see their faces light up. Like, right? Like, obviously, I don't need gifts under the tree, but it's a completely different thing when you see those little motherfuckers smile <laughs> when they see that, like, Santa Claus was there, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. I mean, you know, and then and then Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know, he always talks about how like those lies are actually like detrimental to like scientific literacy and stuff in our children, like Santa, the Tooth Fairy, like all like the Easter Bunny, like super detrimental to children. But I, I don't think they are. I think that's kind of bullshit. Um, well, my my family didn't allow me to believe in Santa Claus because like that took away from what Christmas really was about. You know, so, the presents. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the presents. <laughs> yeah, I was. Wow, your family had it right. <laughs> I I was that kid that walked around, and I didn't understand when they told me that Santa Claus didn't exist. I thought they meant he was dead. So I like would go around. I spoiled that for all my neighbors. I just told them Santa was dead, and then they like. <laughs> Then they go cry to their parents. You're a little morbid fucker, dude. I know, dude. Yeah. Santa's dead. I guess this one time, uh, some, like, we were in Walmart or something. I'm, like, four years old. And some elderly woman who's, like, you know, dressed up with her, like, red Christmas gear on, uh, apparently walked up to me and said, uh, what's Santa gonna bring you, little boy? And I said, Santa's dead. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I guess she like looked at my mom like, "What kind of parent are you?" You know, that's, that's metal as fuck, dude. That's I know, dude. so metal. Yeah. What can I say, man? <laughs> I actually kind of wish that I was more like how I was as a child. Like, just did not care about anything. Just said it how it was. <laughs> Apparently, I was very honest. Like, my friend Emilio. I guess one time her mom or his mom got a haircut. I was like five and I went over to his house and uh, I noticed she had a haircut and I told her it looked ugly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Taylor, you can be like that. You're just a few choices away from I being know, like that. I dude. know. <laughs> like you can wake up tomorrow morning and make the choice to be like five-year-old Taylor. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I don't know if that'd be good for my like social well-being, but... Oh man! Anyway, until you try, that's very true. <laughs> Here we are. Oh man! All right, Red. Um, so game dev. <laughs> uh, let's let's start off by saying we both failed our all of our challenges. I didn't yeah. watch. I didn't watch Tokyo Diner. We didn't meet two times per week, and I didn't research delegates, events, and threading. <laughs> <laughs> So we freaking struck out this week. But, uh, well, what did you do? Um, man, I was actually swamped at work. So I ended up having uh, several days where I stayed late at work this week, which kind of like threw me threw me off a little bit. But I did spend uh, a decent amount of time um, continuing on with the Udemy course. And the funny thing is that I didn't get through that many videos, but I spent you know quite a while doing them and i was just like constantly running into these bugs and like one of them somehow um my buttons that i had like in the ui was they like weren't wired up anymore to like you know like 
if you have the back button or like chain, you know, hit start, it's supposed to just change the scene that you're in. And somehow they like lost that wiring and it was really confusing. I, it wasn't what I initially thought it would be. So I spent like all this time just like messing with stuff that it was, it wasn't. I thought the code wasn't working. So that was kind of annoying. Um, also I was on, I was working on, um, Basically, one of the one of the lectures was about uh, collisions. It, the I'm doing working on Glitch Garden still, which is basically like a Plants vs Zombies clone. And uh, so we got to the point where like we have different lanes. You have like the players. Uh, he calls them defenders that you can place, um, and we have attackers which just walk down the lanes and will eventually attack. So we had that all rigged up, got their animations working and stuff. But then it was all he wanted to do was test 2D collisions. So, like, if a lizard that's walking down the lane runs into, like, your your gravestone defender that you placed down, all he wanted to do was have it print out that there was a collision, um, which is very easy. You know, you just put on a collider on your object and then um, have an onTriggerEnter2D uh, method that you use. And I had that all set up. Seem like I literally copied everything that he put in the video word for word and I couldn't get it to print. And I was like, what the heck? This is really stupid. I like tried everything I could think of to try and get it working. And, uh, I took a break and was in Roxom's, uh, Twitch stream. And, uh, he, he follows a guy, uh, I think his name is Krastenstein. He calls him Krass. And Krass is like, pretty legit unity guy and uh i threw something in the chat saying like hey like unity devs like are triggers just or like colliders like the glitchiest thing ever or do i just suck at them and then crass like whispers to me and he's trying to like help me troubleshoot and everything that he's recommending is not working and i'm like what the heck all i wanted to do is print and uh I didn't fix it that night, but like the next day at work on my lunch break, I started doing it and I freaking found out after like one minute of looking at it that I had disabled the, uh, little like information prompt in the console. So like anytime you printed or debugged or anything, it just wouldn't show up. Like it actually was happening. I just couldn't see it. And there's like this one thing you click on to make it appear. Oh, it was so annoying. I felt like such an idiot. But <laughs> I don't know. That that was kind of my game dev experience this week was like I thought everything was broken when it wasn't. <laughs> oh man. Anyways. Damn. Yeah, so that was fun. What'd you what'd you do this week? Well, man, played a freaking shit ton of music, um, but I did a lot of freaking writing this week. Nice. Um, so I, I might have mentioned it last week on the podcast, but I went to that writing group. Oh yeah, and uh, and uh, you know they only meet like twice a month or whatever, but I went and like shared a short story that I like written trying to get published. Um, I've never 
been published if anybody's wondering i just uh it is like been a long time goal of mine to like submit to publishers and like eventually get a short story published or something yeah um and so i read them a scene from uh, a short story that i was trying to write like a, a kind of like a horror comedy thing um and i got a like fairly good response and so that kind of like inspired me um and a couple of the people in the writing group that I went to were published, like they had publishing contracts with small press and, uh, you know, they weren't like making a ton of money, but just them talking about the process and everything. It's, it was a lot like listening to other game devs, like talk about, you know, the industry and the business. Um, nice. So, and it was kind of inspiring. And so like this week I I had to take my laptop with me when I went to work just, uh, because, you know, I had to, um, I was all over the board this week, man. I had to like go to a, a bunch of different work locations. And then I had to go to the theater to practice music and stuff every night. And, and so I had to bring my laptop with me. And because of that, like when I had a little bit of downtime at my workplace, like I was able to actually like do some writing, like, you know, with my sort of like work flow setup that works for me for for writing really well and i was actually able to like crank out a lot of fucking work on some of my um i i'm always hesitant to say books because they're not books yet but yeah your story i set out yeah like i set out with these stories in the hopes of like making them novel length and um uh so it's kind of fun to be able to like take those and just like run and like be able to look at like my total um, progress mm-hmm. and then work, 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 work. And then like this week I was just like, I, I had them up this morning actually. And I was, and I did a little bit of work on one of them this morning and able to look at the total word count and statistics and everything again this morning. And I was just like, Oh shit. Like that's <laughs> what it takes, man. That's all it takes to finish a book is to just like keep, chipping away it, yeah. you know well so i'm not much of a writer um there there's definitely been times where i've been inspired and tried to write stories or screenplays or whatever um so i don't know a lot about it but what's what is like your workflow because i know you're huge into writing like as long as i've known you you've been writing stories um so i imagine you have like your own process that seems to work and and you were, you were telling me that, uh, you know, you have a bunch of stories that have been kind of um, not really on the back burner, but that you've been working on for a long time. So yeah. how do you, like, prioritize, like, what you're working on? Is it just kind of like uh, you get an idea that fits well into one particular story? Or do you say, like, okay, I'm going to work on this story now, and then you just sit down and, like, brainstorm and all that kind of stuff. Like how do you, what's your workflow like? So it's weird because it's changed actually, like in the last few years, I think since I started taking it more seriously, Uh um, the biggest breakthrough I had. So I think it was like 2013 or maybe 2014. I don't remember which, uh, that it was my first NaNoWriMo. Yeah. Which for anybody who doesn't know is national novel writing month. And it's the whole month of November. And the goal is, between November first uh, and November thirtieth, um, to write fifty thousand words. Dang, um, that's a lot. It's basically the equivalent of like a game jam. Yeah. 
or say like a 48 hour film jam or whatever those things are called. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's the same thing, except it takes a month. And in order to meet the goal, you have to be, write 1,600 words a day. Dang. Which uh, doesn't sound like a lot, but... It is. If you consider <laughs> that 250 pages uh, double-spaced is one page about... Um, 250 you know, words, like, you mean? Yeah, 250 words double-spaced is about a, a one yeah. page. So that's like, um, God, how many... That's a lot of so pages that's at least in one day. Four... That's six, almost seven pages. Yeah. Which is about, if anybody knows, that's like what Stephen King says that he writes every day. If he can sit down and write about six solid pages a day, then he's done good. Um, but Stephen King is one who's, you know, he wakes up at 6 a.m. And I think he writes until noon every day. And he wow. stops at noon. But... Um, so anyway, but I was saying, so when I did that NaNoWriMo... Um, part of the way that I was tried to keep up with my word count was uh, I walked around with a notebook and when I didn't have my computer, I would just write longhand. And, uh, and then when I was back at my computer, I would transpose it. So I, I was like writing everything twice, but actually it really helped me. Um, and I realized that I could actually get a lot of work done if I, you know, was willing to, um, do the work and all that sort of stuff. And so that was like my preferred way for a really long time was I would write it by hand because then I could go to the park or I could go down to the cafe or the bar and sit and drink and, or have a, a cup of coffee or whatever and yeah. be able to just scribble stuff out. And I could turn out pages like nobody's business on, yeah. on by my hand. Well, it probably um, helps too that I feel like just being on a computer, sometimes it's really easy to distracted. get distracted. Yeah. So I yeah. feel like it'd be like, kind of a much more natural vibe you know yeah and that's how i used to do it when i was a kid and i'd love writing stories like i'd go out into the forest and i would find like a nice shady spot and i would just like write stories about like you know battles that happen in the forest or whatever you know <laughs> what i mean like that type of shit yeah oh yeah um, so, and that's still like one of my favorite ways to do it but i've been writing less and less longhand these days uh because um, a few years ago, like right after that NaNoWriMo, I started using this program called Scrivener. Um, and <clears throat> Scrivener is just another word processor, but it's, it's way fucking better than like Microsoft Word or whatever, which like a lot of novelists use for some reason. Like I can't fucking do Microsoft Word anymore. Um, Scrivener is really great because it lets you like break up all of your, um, like you could break everything up by chapters. And essentially have each chapter as like its own document. And then on the left-hand side, there is um, like here, I'll just screen share so you can see it. Nobody else can see it, but uh, unfortunately, but I think you've um, shown me. So if you look at my Scrivener screen before, because like at one what? point, I think you've shown me Scrivener before. Oh yeah, maybe. Um, so this is like, your binder of shit basically and so if you if you look at it like here's all of my sections of book and they're like categorized basically as like note cards on a corkboard but then if you look over here you can just see them they're folders yeah or like dividers in a binder and then each one of these is a basically i, I use them as a scene mm -hmm. um yeah so know, it's so kind of like it's almost like you have you know 
everything you would have in real life, you know, like note cards or like, you know, storyboard kind of a thing. Yep. Uh, and then like your actual typed up document section, all, all yeah. in one tool, which is very cool. And, and what's really cool is like, let's say, okay, so I'm reading here on this first little scene and I'm reading and I say, you know what? This doesn't work. I can literally click and I can drag it and drop oh. it anywhere I want to just arrange the flow, right? That's if I want to cool. put it at the bottom, yeah, like I can just there put it at the very bottom. Yeah. Yeah. There's like this, you guys can't see it, but there's like this hierarchical structure. Uh, yeah. Kind of like it's, 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 it's almost, an outline. But, it's like a bullet list. But yeah. It's, it's pretty much like a bullet list that, and you can drag and drop all that stuff. That's super. And cool. you know, so that's like the main, you know, that's where you write. And if you look in here, so, you know, each of the folders itself can be um, organized with note cards as well. And so that's what I've been doing is when I start writing, I'll create a new note card and I'll just write notes about a scene that should happen, you know? Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, you know, then I'll create another one and be like, now they're reacting to the action that happened in that last scene, you know? And then I'm able to basically create an outline that way so that when I get to like, this one's empty. If you look at it, Mm -hmm. this scene called revelation. So if you look on the note card revelation, I have like an outline of like what happens on the note card. But if you go to the text itself, it's blank. So I've been using it to basically just outline and do all that sort of stuff. Cool. Um, So, yeah, I'm sorry that nobody else can see it. I'm doing a god awful job of explaining it. But, and then what's really cool is like, you know, you can have all these other, um, basically like research tabs. Yeah. Yeah, So I added images to these. These are just, uh, note cards. Um, every time I create a new character, I add that character to this corkboard. And if I have a mental image of how that character looks, like I add it to this corkboard. So, like, I have a character who I like, try to envision when I'm writing it because it just helps me to envision things like movies. Yeah. Give them a personality Um, and stuff and you can like actually visualize it since you've seen that person. Right. So like my main character is kind of like roughly like based on in my mind, like the way he talks and behaves uh, based on Matthew McConaughey in the movie Sahara. I have like another character who, when I try to imagine what he's doing is based off of uh, Matt Bomer who plays Neil Caffrey in white collar. And he's also in like magic Mike and a bunch of shit like that. So I can add pictures to it. Um, and it's just a good way of like organizing. Like you can organize your seat, your sets um, or your sets. Yeah. Your settings. I call them sets. Cause I'm in fucking screenwriting mode for some reason, but <laughs> you know, you can organize all this other shit. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. And I've got, you know, like I, I got three of them open here. And uh, what I've just been doing is like, I'll write and write and write and write. And when I get burned out on the one, I just basically, like, I'll show you the one I was just doing. Like, I'll fucking stop and uh, write some notes at the bottom of what I was doing. Yeah, just so I know. I need to add some conflict. Maybe this guy's getting bullied by older kids. Or maybe his friends are playing somewhere they shouldn't have been. And now it's a chance for some heroics or whatever. And then I'll stop. All right, open up the other story. And I'll jump into where I was feeling inspired for that one. Mm. So basically, I can just so write you, without, you know, the whole point is just like keeping myself not bored, I guess. Gotcha. Because yeah, when I get bored is when you stop. And I think that's the same for anything. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, so I, in the past, I've talked a lot about Chrono Trigger since I've been playing through it. And I haven't played Chrono Trigger in probably two or three weeks. And 
I tried playing it the other day and I was just kind of like not into it. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, oh, I haven't played in a long time. I'm not really invested anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really feel like doing this. <laughs> well, and momentum is like really powerful. Like just look at the blackjack thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's taken us a lot of effort to get back into doing it and being, remembering where we were and what we were doing. Yeah. And it's the same thing with writing. And I don't know. I really like writing because it applies to everything. Like everything that we enjoy has been like written. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you read a good art article. It was written, you know, uh, you watch a good TV show or you watch a good movie. You read a good book. You play a video game. Yeah. Um, you know, like even even like a brand, like sort of like the narrative behind a brand is like kind of written in a way you know what i mean yeah um so that's why i really enjoy doing it and i i don't know it's fun i i i write a lot and i feel like it helps me like generate ideas and stuff when i'm um thinking about game dev yeah doing all that sort of stuff and i'm really inspired when i play a game like pillars of eternity which is really fucking well written and then i come to find out that it's written by one of my favorite writers in the market the guy who created um fallout yeah man i didn't know that until you told me that it's pretty cool yeah i don't know if, did we already say that that we both picked up pillars of eternity this week uh it was on the humble monthly um and yeah we both i i put three hours into it this week uh and really like it and i don't know if i mentioned earlier as well that uh last week my buddy danny and i beat divinity original sin and then uh after that we picked up icewind dale uh and dang dude they feel like the exact same practically like pillars of eternity i feel like is maybe a more refined and uh better graphics version of icewind dale but it's just like really refreshing um because it's like super old school you know yeah well uh the company that made it um uh obsidian like obsidian um they used to be a different company and they made icewind dale and they made planescape torment right and fallout 2 and eventually they went on to help create neverwinter nights and Baldur's gate and all that sort of stuff um and then they they broke up and they later formed um well, maybe it was Obsidian back then, but I think they formed Obsidian afterwards, and then that's when they did like KOTOR 2, and they did uh, Far Cry New Vegas, which are like, you know, freaking super good. Yeah. Um, and Chris Avalon, who we've talked about as like a really great writer and like one of my biggest inspirations, like he's one of the people in Obsidian. Oh, okay. So... Did he, he didn't write for Pillars of Eternity, though, did he? Um, I don't know. To be honest, I could look at it. I guess. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Either way, though, I. Uh, but it was. Uh, it was. I think it was pretty much kicked forward by Josh Sawyer, who was one of the main guys behind. Um. Fallout? Yeah, it doesn't look like doesn't look like um. Chris Avalon yeah. was involved. But Obsidian, he was one of the founders of Obsidian. Gotcha. So. Yeah, I just like, I really love the art 
the artwork, you know, like the environment in that game is just beautiful. Um, and it, it just feels very gritty, you know, like, and it's really good. They have, it's like one of my favorite aspects of it is obviously you're playing it and it feels like one of these old school games that, you know, I've sunk a hundred hours into <laughs> Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, Planescape, all included on that list. Mm-hmm. It feels like those games. But what's more is it like, so one of the features that like blows me away about the game, because you do get tricked into thinking like this is an old school experience is like when you play games like Dragon Age or Mass Effect or even KOTOR has this where like between missions or like during key events, like you can explore your allies, uh, your teammates like history and backstory and thus like kind of um, explore their side quest or like their character specific quest, Mm -hmm. which has become like a pretty common trope to do like in Dragon Age, Mass Effect, those games. And so that happens in Pillars of Eternity. And I remember the first time that happened, I was like, oh, fuck, I'm playing a new game. Like, I kind of forgot, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. Super cool game. I'll uh, keep pushing on for sure. Yeah, man. It, it's so good. I, I've put, I don't know, less than 10 hours into it so far. But um, when I'm not playing it, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> Yeah, so I had multiple times this week where I was like, oh, I wish I was just at home playing Pillars of Eternity, but... You know it used a modified version of Unity? What, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I wonder how and that works. And it's published by Paradox, which is like one of my favorite... Yeah, dude. They make... They make really intense games. Like, very, like, I would say intellectual games, you know? Yeah. Yeah, like uh, Crusader Kings, Europa Universalis, yeah, Stellaris. Which we should play one of those together sometime. Yeah, or both of definitely. them. <laughs> oh, they also published. Um, so yeah, Paradox. They are they are a publisher, a, a game publisher. But then there's also they have a, their own development studio too. And the develop the the Paradox Dev Studio did Crusader Kings. They did Europa Universalis. Um, Hearts of Iron, like those, like mega, yeah. um, strategy games. Uh huh. But then the publishing company, they published games like Mountain Blade. They published Pillars of Eternity. Um, I think they published like one of my favorite games from back in the day on the Xbox called Mercenaries. Could be totally oh. wrong about that. Hmm. I don't see it on the list, but yeah, that game was great. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, man, I, I kind of wish Pillars of Eternity was like multiplayer, but at the same time, like, it's so fun when you play it and you're like, this is mine. Like <laughs> this, this is all mine to yeah. do, you know? I, I know. know. Yeah. I was telling Danny about it too. I was like, dude, ah, Pillars of Eternity feels like Icewind Dale. He's like, oh man, wish we could play that together, but I get it. Well, we got a big week coming up next week. I hope we're not nearly as busy as we have been, although it sounds like you're going to be pretty tied up with uh, music stuff. Yeah. But uh, uh, I'll pretty much be busy starting tonight, like all weekend, and then all week through next weekend. And then, I mean, I'll still be busy all throughout the summer, but the difference is that the hopefully, like, the tax on my mind <laughs> um, and body, like, 
diminishes a little bit, you know, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, so like now I'm pretty like riddled with like anxiety and you know, the usual self doubt and (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Well, the other night we were just, we were both on steam and we were just, you know, chatting via chat and, uh, what are you laughing at me? Chatting via chat. Well, you know, we we're chatting right now, but it's not via chat. I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, man, you, you sounded uh, a little distraught about it, so I felt kind of bad. Um, but you'll do good. Uh, and, I, and like you said, dude, once you get going and you've played your first show and you, you just find that groove, it's going to it's gonna be magical. So. Yeah, after, um, after opening night, basically, uh, just... I mean, it's got to be locked in by then. So that's like, I got to put in the time up until then. But then after that, I mean, you know, what's done is done. I mean, I still got to play four weeks of shows, but yeah, um, it's just a different beast at that point. Yeah. You know? Yeah. For real. It's all so like refined. You don't have the nerves as much probably. So, yeah. I mean, you've just done it. So you have no choice but to do it. Make sure you do it well, but you're not, you're not really worried about it like you were leading up to it, right? Like, yeah. I got to make sure everything's in place. I got to make sure I'm good to go. Cause then you can just coast. Yeah. You can just coast through the month basically. Yeah. Well, outside yeah. of, outside of Rhett's music next week, we have, uh, the enjoy game dev, um, conference coming up on next Saturday, which will be cool. Um, and we've been talking a lot about doing a game jam on Friday. Uh, I wish that we could have made it to Ludum Dare, which is going on. It starts tonight. Um, yeah. Actually, it started last night, I thought. Oh, was it last night? I thought it was tonight. Yeah. But yeah, either way. You were too busy having your anniversary. Yeah, I had my anniversary, and then I one of my cousins is getting married this weekend. and Rhett has all of his music stuff, so just didn't really fit with our schedule but yeah next next friday we're talking about doing just kind of our own game jam um i thought it'd be kind of fun to brainstorm some ideas uh i know i know that's like the last time we did a game jam it was we wanted it to be all self-contained but the fact that we're so limited on time i think it'd be cool to at least start internalizing some ideas about what we can do yeah Uh, we already kind of started uh, getting the ball rolling on that anyways, but might be kind of fun to talk a little bit more about. Um, Do you want to open a document on Google Drive? Yeah. Um, let's do that. So, so the biggest thing I think we need to worry about with this, and we sort of had m- talked about it before, but is uh, scope. And yes. we mentioned it last time during the Climate Game Jam and again uh, earlier, but like, uh, I, f- I like it, and I could be wrong, Taylor, talking to the audience, but uh, I think Taylor agrees, focusing on, like, a one mechanic game this mm-hmm. time around yes. will be, like, key, you know, and we had a couple ideas. We'll, th- we'll throw them all down and sort of just pick which one sounds the best and also the most fun, and that way when we game jam, it'd, it'd be cool to just basically create a rapid prototype that we can play and then if we get it done a game that we play we'll just go and add some assets later and make it all pretty and yeah 
My my thought, um, and I mentioned this to you, it's a big challenge, but I think if we focus on just one mechanic and we prototype first instead of focusing on like the artwork and that kind of thing, my challenge to us is to make our game jam, try to get it finished that same day, which I know we try anyways, but like really have that in the forefront of our mind, you know? Um, and then develop it in a way that it could be released on a mobile platform. You know? Like, I was telling you, I, I had played this, this guy on Reddit, I forget his name. He made kind of this, um, little game. It's like a rocket ship that's just flying and it has fuel, like a fuel meter that, um, just continues to go down and little, cans of fuel get spawned on the screen and you just like kind of tap the screen to make it rotate the the rocket and then you try and get the fuel and like the longer you play the more points you get so like super basic mechanics um something like that we can make in unity um that you know just has one mechanic like the one idea we were talking about you were talking about uh worms and for me pocket tanks um, I think it would be really cool to just have, you know, like a tank kind of thing. Like your, let's say your phone is, uh, vertical facing you and the tank, uh, its turret just like moves on its own in like an arc. So it's just slow, slowly or more quickly, maybe depending on what, where you are in the game, like how, like what level you are or something. And maybe there are these targets on the screen. And the only thing you do to shoot, like the only mechanic is you literally tap the screen. And you have to try and time it so that the angle of your turret lines up with the target. And if you shoot it and it hits it, maybe it explodes. You get points for it. And then the other idea I had was um, that you only have a certain number of uh like bullets and if you run out of bullets then you lose so oh yeah i don't know something like like it doesn't have to be that but that was when we were talking about worms and pocket tanks or tanks whatever uh that was kind of like an idea that popped into my head just something that like like literally the only mechanic is tapping that's you know uh, it, it can be one of those games that someone like opens while they're in line at the bank and, and they finish a whole round in like, you know, two minutes or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that'd be pretty cool. And I, and I, that was like an idea I kept coming back to a lot. It was like these two ideas <clears throat> between like worms, uh, Armageddon mm-hmm. and also like angry birds, mm-hmm. this idea of like shooting something mm-hmm. towards a target that you can't really see that well. Yeah. Um, and having to sort of like, you know, you have limited ammo and that would be in line with Angry Birds, you know, like you have a limited number of shots you can make. Right. Um, and in Angry Birds, obviously, like you got to crush the green pigs and worms. The goal is to blow up the enemy worm. Right. Um, and uh, I kept coming back either to the idea and you're right, you can do it. I think I was the one that mentioned just tapping the screen, like with a meter that, you know, like a line that crosses a meter and you got to like get it right in the green zone. Yeah. You know, like you're shooting free throws on NBA jam or right. whatever, or whatever game or kicking a field goal in Madden. Right. Um, 
But the other idea you could do, um, and I always, I kept coming back to this when we were doing our 10, uh, 10 game ideas a day. Yeah. Was uh, like the idea of sh- of a game like Worms where you use the skill screen like you do in angry birds like slingshot it you know you press draw back yeah aim that way and then let go uh-huh like that would be an interesting idea too only but i think only for a game in which you do move the worms and stuff like right. if you wanted to do just like a stationary target shooter um yeah well and and the reason i said that was just like feasibility the last time we yeah. get, did a game jam we're like oh you know like we're sort of familiar with unity i don't think it'll be that bad and then we spent like probably 70% of the time like yeah. not knowing what we were doing in unity. So okay. So do we want to focus on the turret game? Uh yeah, I mean I I think it'd be something easy. We can go something completely different if you wanted to. Like another idea I had was um making it a like uh Japan themed game jam since we're going to Japan. And I don't know what that would entail. But just like, you know. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, <laughs> shit, my foot's stuck. <sighs> Fucking god damn it. <laughs> Is it under your coffee table? Yeah, it's just, I have like so many cables somehow got like looped around. Um, okay, so w- there's a way, I mean, we could make that Japanese themed. You know, uh, in my mind, I can sort of envision if we do this turret shooter thing, mm-hmm. like maybe there are just. Um, you know, like, so imagine it kind of like your space shooter game that you just made, Uh huh. but your, your turret, your gun, your shooter thing is stationary and maybe you're shooting horizontally or whatever. It might be interesting if let's say this, Ooh, this could be interesting. It like, for whatever reason, the mental image that came to my mind was like ships or something. And you've got this big old like ship cannon up on this like mountainside overlooking the ocean. And these ships are coming near oh. you. Doop, doop, doop. They're coming from the right side toward the left side where your turret is. Uh-huh. And as they come closer and you got to like line up your turret and use the right amount of power and the right angle mm-hmm. to get your cannonball to hit they the hit ship. I and like then that. as the game increases in difficulty, more ships come. Okay. That's cool. I I can really see that in my yeah. head. Uh, <laughs> right? Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be really cool. Um, do you think... Uh, and it doesn't have to be ships. It can be anything. Yeah. But... No, I, I like the idea of ships. Uh, like, you know, we just build the scene. Like, you're on a cliff. Maybe it's a... Maybe you're a cannon or something instead of yeah. a tank and it's kind of like medieval themed or something and then there's like the, the ocean uh kind of that fills up probably like 90 percent of the screen horizontally and yeah, uh yeah. and then you know slowly like maybe one sail sailing ship like comes on and then you uh you know drag your angle around or Yeah, the only thing that I think might be hard for us to figure out is the whole angle thing. Um, Maybe. But yeah, then you just you. But then, but then, okay. But then, what we can do if that's too hard, we'll jack the cannon up and put it like in the upper left corner, and then you just have to shoot diagonally down, and it's like a gun. 
or something. Oh, that could work. So then it can just be straight, and then all you have yeah. to do is like time it. Yeah, that's actually. And then if cool. they get, and then if they get to the far left, you lose. And yeah. Maybe you get like three tries or something like that. You get like three lives, and then boop, 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 it resets. Kind of like think think like you know uh, progressively difficult scaling games where you're just going for a high score, like Geometry Wars or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Where boo, you die, screen screen clears, but you're at the same difficulty. Yeah. And you keep going. You know. I like that idea a lot. Cool. Um, yeah, so like I was talking about getting it prototyped first. So when we start the game, we jump straight into Unity. And, you know, it's going to be 2D, obviously. So we set up just our 2D project. And maybe we have just like a plane or like a circle or something that represents the cam- the cannon. And then like, you know, the ships are squares and they just spawn and come on and then you can shoot and whatever it shows shows it all and then once we get the mechanics working out then we jump into the art and music and uh then then assuming you know we have the mechanics all figured out then we just swap out the you know squares and circles for the actual art assets um i think that'd be a good way to go because then you know like obviously it's important to have art working but like the most important thing is the mechanics and and it actually being a game and then you know let's say because i'm assuming we're going to be doing like eight to six or eight to five or something uh like we did last time and let's say we finish getting the game all figured out by four then we only have an hour to do the art, so we can we know we can kind of like skimp on that, you know. At least if we want to say like, okay, we're gonna be done today, you know. And then also that kind of opens up to, um, you know, if we're not done, or if we do finish and and the art we didn't get to the art, or it, we did get to it and it just looks terrible. Well, the game's done. We just have to polish the look of it with by adding extra art. Yeah, for sure. The other idea about this is you could do if we do figure out the arching thing. Uh-huh. Uh maybe it would be cool if you were like um just to add a little depth to it like maybe you're a cannon or a catapult and instead of ships, so you're on the far left again and as the screen goes over uh in the middle there's like a, a pointed mountain um, and then on the right side, it's flat again, and like little dudes oh, are, are running. Yeah, that could be cool. And then, too. and then as you shoot, maybe you can like do damage to the mountain. Um, so oh yeah, like, you can either you can either shoot over the mountain or you shoot at your side of the mountain as they come down, and maybe you can do damage to the mountain, and eventually, like, it just becomes way easier for the enemy to like get across because like you've punched a hole through the mountain or whatever, you know, like you've made a tunnel in the mountain for them to go through. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, that could be kind of easy too. just like a couple little dudes. And then like, uh Oh, like here comes the heavy one that's like moves slower, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Almost, almost like a tower defense kind of game. Yeah. But just a single, single path. Yeah. Just one path. Yeah. And one tower and it's skill based. Like you're trying to just shoot these things. Yeah. 
This is cool. I like these ideas. And then maybe with that one, like instead of them getting to you and like you just lose a life, like maybe you have damage. Yeah. And they can get to you and start whacking start hitting you and stuff. Yeah. Oh man. This is cool. I like this. Um All right. Well, I think uh, I think those are some good ideas to start with. Um, we can talk a little bit more about it before then. But yeah, I think um, we'll probably be live streaming this, so we'll this will come out much later than you know when we're actually doing the game jam. But uh, we'll tweet out to you guys if if uh, you join us, it'd be awesome. We'd love to have you around, giving us ideas or helping us out, whatever. So look out for that. Uh, what else we got, Rhett? Uh, I did want to shout out, uh, Chris O'Donnell sent us an email. Uh, really cool guy. Uh, he's been, uh, a hobbyist game dev for several years and he, uh, had responded to, um, something we said on the podcast about, you know, sending us an email and encouraging us and any tips and pointers. And his, I guess the gist of his email was, uh, you know, challenge yourself don't just follow a tutorial uh and just blindly accept what they're doing like challenge yourself and skip ahead and you know if if they're doing something that's just like basic in the tutorial think of something interesting to add into it yourself uh which i kind of get stuck uh just wanting to follow the tutorials exactly the way they are uh and i hadn't really thought about that so maybe like you know, for me doing the glitch garden, maybe I should design my own enemy and create its own animations and, um, you know, maybe give it a different type of attack than the rest of the ones or something like that. You know, well, you kind of did this before with your uh, brick breaker. Yeah. You finished your true. brick breaker and it'd be like, wouldn't it be cool to add power ups? Yeah. And then you went and added power ups. That's, I guess that's true. Um, I did that after the fact though. Um, well, yeah, but, but still, way, yeah. it counts. I mean, that's. Right. <laughs> I mean, why not? You finished the tutorial, but why stop there? Yeah, make right. a challenge for yourself. Take it a step further. Push, push your abilities and what you know. Right. Yeah. So that I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, he also recommended, um, you know, because we're busy people. He recommended trying to find a time throughout the week, um, like set a time, like every Saturday from like six to ten p.m. Like, yeah. just do game dev, you know, because. We're kind of like nickel and diming ourselves. You know what I mean? Yeah, we are. Like it's like for me, it's like okay, I get like half hour to forty five minutes every lunch, uh, you know, Sunday through Thursday, which is good to do. And then you know, I try to get home and do at least you know about the same amount, but sometimes I don't. Whereas if we can sit down for like you know a few hours straight, I feel like we probably would get a good benefit out of that. So, uh. Hopefully Chris doesn't mind us sharing that with the world, but I thought they were good suggestions and it's cool. Yeah, I thought so. Really cool. Why hug all that to ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. That's the point of the podcast, sharing, sharing what we learn, um, you know, creating a community. And so just wanted to say thanks, Chris. We appreciate you listening, man. So if you ever have any other suggestions or ideas, want to just, you know, get to know us a little bit more, hit us up on Twitter. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I don't know about you, but it seems about as good a place to wrap up as any. Yeah. What do you think? I think it's good. Um, yeah, man. I think if possible, we should try to work at least once this week to maybe do a little bit more brainstorming. Um, yeah, we should. Uh, I wouldn't mind. I mean, 
maybe it's cheating, maybe not, but we could do a little prep on our on our game jam for sure. Because since we're already uh, limiting ourselves on the amount of time we have, yeah, um, why not? Yeah, exactly. It'd be really cool to have as much kind of like groundwork laid so that we can just jump in and start fucking working right away, and then have a an, a solid product at the end of the day. Yeah, so. agreed. Um, yeah, so I, I challenge us to try and meet, try and uh, get some work done. I challenge us to complete the game jam. <laughs> and then I also challenge us to um, be very serious about the uh, Enjoy Game Dev conference that we have next week. I guess that'll happen after we record, potentially. Yeah. Um, excuse me. Well, but... and, I, and that was kind of the idea behind the game jam. Maybe I should have... Uh... Not that I need to mention this, but, you know, I was looking at the Enjoy Game Dev Conference and I was like, why don't we just get ourselves in the zone Yeah, and have a game jam the day before and then have a freaking conference? And how cool would it be if we had a product at the end of it? Oh, we could be like, yeah, dude. we just game jammed this yesterday, you know, while we're like talking to people that and stuff. That would be so, awesome. Yeah. 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 Good idea, right? <laughs> uh, I'm full of them. But yeah, I think, um, you know, because I get in this tendency when I'm going to like conferences or watch something where I just kind of like sit there and just watch and like I soak up the information, but I don't really, you know, do much more than that. And I, I think if we can challenge ourselves to interact as much as possible, um, also like take, take some notes and, uh, have kind of a clear goal for, um, what we can bring back to the podcast listeners. I think it'd be really cool. Cause I feel like it's going to be very beneficial going to this thing. So, Yeah. I agree. So pretty general well, challenges, but I think that's fine. We need some general challenges after last week. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. cool, man. Well, yeah, thanks for listening guys. Uh, as always hit us up on Twitter at game devs quest, email us at GDQ at airpodcast.com. Uh, don't forget to subscribe, you know, go, you can access the podcast from any of your favorite, uh, favorite podcast apps. Uh, and if you don't mind, leave us a review if you're enjoying it. Or if you hate it, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, give us a one-star review and be like, these guys are fucking tool bags. <laughs> they don't know shit about game dev. Yeah, that's the, that's the whole point. you're right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can't argue with that one. <laughs> um, yeah, and give us a like on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash airpodcast. Um, you know, we post updates there every once in a while. Like, the Facebook's slowly been dying because I, I don't care about it that much. And nobody, it like doesn't really generate that much interest among, you know, my friends <laughs> that follow it. But but uh, our Twitter is alive and healthy. So go ahead and, and give us a shout out there if that's what you really want. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I think that's about it for this week's Game Devs Quest. Uh, stick around. Tune in. Uh, we might record an episode next week, maybe. Maybe like after. I mean, we're going to be live streaming all week. Maybe afterwards we'll just sit down and do like a little dissection of our day. Keep it short. Yeah. Um, or or we can do one um, before or after the Game Dev Conference, Ooh, that's too. that's a good idea. Yeah. So. Like that idea. Uh, come back for that one next week, guys. Until then. All right. Have a good week. Cue that. Cue it. Oh. Sorry. Coo, coo, coo. <laughs>